Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode. That is, ask me anything. I love to answer your questions. And if you have a question you think is going to be a broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to Victor at VictorJM.com. That's Victor at VictorJM.com. Now, Aaron writes, Hey, Victor, thank you for all your wisdom and insight. I consider you the real estate Yoda. I was curious if you have any previous episodes or resources about investing in farmland or rural land or timberland. I've heard about leasing farmland, but don't know much about it. For example, farmland seems to be a safe investment through economic recessions as people still need food. For example, possibly buying large acreage in the range of 50 to 200 acres, not far from a major metro area, has the potential for appreciation. Maybe it's the highest and best use is leasing it for farmland until one or two decades down the road when maybe its highest and best use could be commercial or residential development. Any idea on how far away it would be safe to own or lease farmland that's several hours away, either by drive or by plane? Just curious on your thoughts about investing in those types of assets. Thanks. Well, Aaron, first of all, thanks for the kind words, and this is a great question. Agricultural land can be a great play, but you've got to be careful. For example, you need to be clear on what the exit strategy is going to be. History has been largely on the side of landowners in the shadow of a major city. Often, as the city expands its boundaries, farmland is the easiest to redevelop. You don't need to cut any trees. There's no blasting of rock involved. Designing roads and lots and parks is about as easy as it gets. At the same time, many people are decrying the loss of agricultural land to urban sprawl. There are movements afoot to preserve agricultural land and make it more difficult to convert into development land. Now you can get a hundred times multiple on your investment when you compare the value of agricultural land with residential. The problem is that agricultural land rents for a very low price. The basic rule of thumb is that agricultural land rents for somewhere between 2-3% to of its value on an annual basis. The land can be purchased for somewhere between three to four thousand dollars per acre, and we're talking about rents of in the range of sixty dollars per acre per year. That's not a lot of money. It barely covers the property taxes on the land and not much else. Residential land can be worth several hundred thousand dollars per acre at the edge of an expanding city. I'm currently involved in three such projects that are specifically converting agricultural land to residential. However, I want to be clear: this is not a highly speculative move. In one case, my property is surrounded on three sides by development. In another case, there's a brand new high school across the street, a new road and water and sewer infrastructure. Clearly, the city had expansion in mind. The likelihood that that conversion from agricultural to residential is denied, in my mind, is very low. Now, agricultural land in the U.S. is reported to have appreciated about 5% in the past year, which is not a bad number but far less than the value increase for residential property, where the average has been closer to 15%. Agricultural land can be a viable place to park investment cash, but it's not going to support much in the way of debt service because the rent is simply too low. Now, some people have used agricultural land as a place to grow timber forests. The argument has been that timber grows at about 15% a year, regardless of what's happening in the economy. All other things being equal, the lumber will be worth 15% more next year than it's worth this year. At least that's the theory. That's how it's supposed to work. Many thousands of acres were sold through the southern U.S. for timber in the 80s and 90s with the notion that in 25 to 30 years, those trees would be ready for harvest and the cash for all those trees would pay for your kid's college education or perhaps retirement. Fast forward to today, and despite the high prices being charged for finished lumber, 
the stump price being paid to landowners is near record lows. Some timber stands have been leveled by hurricanes or tornadoes. Some were killed by disease. These are the vagaries of the agricultural industry. Crops can fail, and that includes timber. If the land doesn't produce anything for a year or two or five, the economics can be dramatically affected. But farmland is not all created equal. If you can't sell the farmland for development when the time comes, you better have a viable exit strategy for the land back to a farmer. It's one thing to speculate on land for potential development, but any time you make an investment, you need a viable exit strategy into a fairly liquid market. As Kevin O'Leary is fond of saying on the TV show Shark Tank, an investment with no exit strategy is called a prison for your money. So I believe in being a fast follower when it comes to land development. I want to see a proven strategy where there's support for a particular product type within the market. At the same time, I don't want to be last to market when the opportunities passed. I also don't want to be first to market in an area to test the political will. They don't call it the bleeding edge for nothing. You really need to assess the appetite of the local communities for conversion from agricultural land into development. You also need to be mindful that many rural properties can also be close to environmentally sensitive areas. The need for conservation of the ecology might raise additional barriers that might not be apparent at first sight. I'll give you a simple example. I'm currently rezoning a small area to expand a parking lot. Most of the existing parking area consists of a dirt road and a gravel parking lot. I'm going to be ripping out some tall grass and extending the parking lot right up to the tree line without cutting any mature trees. This particular land is zoned agricultural, and the government's forcing me to perform an environmental impact study to make sure we don't disturb the habitat of any nesting birds or rare frogs or fish or turtle. And I can tell you with confidence that this 30 by 100 foot patch of grass inside a 26 acre parcel is not a sensitive habitat, but I still have to go through the process. Imagine if I was buying 500 acres. What unknown risk could I be purchasing on a very large parcel? So Aaron, generally speaking, I'm supportive of the strategy, but it's really on a case-by-case basis, and it really comes down to the specifics of your specific case. I want to thank you for an awesome question. And for the listeners at home, have a great rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.